our new series, our parable series. And so one of the things that I wanted to do was um, invite pretty widely in regards to this series, because I know for me, I've got, I've got some parables. So what I did was basically send out a little bit of a, a bio of what, what I wanted uh, the series to look like, some of the things that I think were really, really important about it. And then I gave a list of all of the um, all of the parables found in Scripture, and I emailed that out. And I I shouldn't be surprised anymore, but I, I really genuinely was because because um, the emails started coming back on which ones they choose. And honestly, these guys chose the craziest parables that I wouldn't have touched with a ten foot pole. They were wild, but I loved I loved the fact that that's what partnership is all about. You know, like what we're about to hear from Simon and the, and the, um, the interpretation of Scripture and his own life journey is so incredible and so worthwhile listening to. And it's that idea of that we all come to, to Scripture from our own perspectives and God encounters them in that and there's something that we can learn from one another and, and from Simon. So, Simon, why don't you come on up? I'm going to pray for you. You know, for, for parables, they really are. Jesus chose to use them. And, and I think maybe it was Simon this morning who, who prayed in the prayer meeting is literally, you know, 2,000 some years ago, Jesus told this story. Okay, it was a different language and there might be a bit of, there's 2,000 years of translation that's gone on in between. But, but these are words that Jesus, fully God and fully man walking on this earth, spoke. He told these stories, and we're about to hear one this morning. And he told these stories for one really good reason, and that was to communicate, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. If you want to know who the Father is, this is what the Father is like. This is what the world is going to look like when God comes and puts it all to right you know, just like we have come together to gather and to worship, you know, we do so carrying all of those things that we carry, all of our joys, all of our concerns. And so that's exactly what that first century hearers of Jesus' stories, they carried all sorts of stories with them. They carried generations of, of being oppressed. They were, they were living in the midst of a, a tyranny of an empire, and they carried all of that with them. And then they heard the words of this man who was something more than they ever thought or imagined, who started talking about a way of life, started talking about a living, a, a breathing, an understanding of God that they had never heard before, and it captured their hearts. And maybe something within them was like, this is something I can believe. This is something I can hold on to. So that's my prayer for us today. That something in this story we can grab hold of. And, and whether we've heard it a hundred times or the first time ever, there is something in this story, there is something about it that God wants to use to grab hold of your heart and let you know that no matter what this world looks like for you, there is more to come. And it's better and more beautiful and more hopeful than you ever thought or imagined. That's the kingdom. Father, I thank you for Simon. I thank you for who he is. I thank you for the passion that burns within him, for the heart of love that he has for you, for his children, for his wife. Um, God, and we just, I pray a blessing over him. A blessing over him, God. That he would know your presence. 
that he would know your hand with him. And Holy Spirit, we again invite you to move among us, to, to release, or you know, just to take the, the veils off of our eyes, to, to unplug our ears, to hear the truth of your kingdom, to let nothing get in the way. Amen. Amen. I think it's on. Huh? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Lyndon. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Um, it's really scary sharing the parables. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I pray um, that Jesus speaks to you. I pray that um, as I speak, may the Lord minister to you into the deepest needs. I think before I came actually, um, this week has been really, <laughs> since I told Lyndon, um, I'll take that parable, my goodness. How, how do you pass the church, Lyndon? <laughs> how do you do it? Um, yeah, so my, my heart really truly, before I begin, my heart is worship. My heart is, clap your hands, go for it. Not because I'm African. <laughs> what you saw there was, no, took a long time. But uh, my heart is after God. And I love him. I'm trying to love him with all my heart. Amen? Yeah, um, I'll be sharing about this parable. I've prepared as much as I can, but my goodness, whenever I come preaching, it all goes out of the window. I'm human just like you are, never perfect. Um, yeah, no matter how educated you, you are when you come to Scripture, always God messes you up. <laughs> you die daily. You die daily. It's good to die. Yeah. So God can use you. Dead to the flesh. Dead to sin. Um, I'm going to put my time on. So hopefully, Lyndon told me the time. So we will go straight into the word. Amen. Um, my life has been, I can say, I am a living miracle. Really. Literally, I um, I am a living miracle of God. Even marrying that beautiful lady over there is still a miracle. I'm still like, is it me? Is it? Wake up. Am I in New Zealand? Wake up. But there is a purpose. God has put a purpose in all of us. We've got a calling. My main aim is to rally you up to fulfill that thing that God has put in your heart. Amen. I think it's really good when you know that you're called by God, that you know what you're doing and you have a goal before you leave this place. This time is too short. Amen. So straight into the word or else I'll be speaking too much. Um, uh, um, we go to Matthew chapter 13. And um, yeah, 
before we even begin, um, you, most of you maybe have studied this, but if you look in the Bible, Jesus used to speak to people plainly, very plainly. And then in that mix, there were so many people that there were people coming into that group that did not come to listen to the message at all. They literally came to pinpoint Jesus to catch him out, I think. My English is not so good, okay? So you can help me out. Uh, but they wanted to trick him so that he can either stumble or fail in his ministry, all right? And so they, they, they used to push him the wrong way. And the last thing they did, they told Jesus, you actually cast out demons by the Lord of the demons himself. You, you tell the Son of God, after he's cast out a demon, and you tell him, you cast out demons by the Lord of the demons. I think Jesus must have turned on the inside. Don't get me wrong. He used to get angry. All right? But I think he turned. He said, right, you guys have had enough of you. I'm just going to make it a bit simpler for the audience. But he really had to go at them. But from that time, he changed the way he was teaching. Because in that mix, there were people who were coming to hear the message, be transformed by the message. But in that group, there were also people who just did not want to listen to the message. So parables were a way of him being able to speak to people, and those who will get it will dig deeper to get it. All right? If you do not dig deeper into God, there are some things you won't get. There are some things you have to dig deeper. The deeper you get, the foundations you get, the deeper you grow. There are things you seek out. There are things you suffer for. There are things that you wish you had just gone out with your friends. But the Lord said, no, you just stay here. Those things are what he needs you to get. Things of God are forever. Amen? The things of God, when God speaks to you, He does not speak to you now. He speaks to you because He knows you're going to live forever. Amen? So, when Jesus came, He came from heaven, came into Mary's womb, was born, lived on this earth, walked amongst men. But my goodness, was He different. What He spoke, if you look at His words... He was God, and he was man. Can we just put that at number one? So when Jesus is speaking, he's God speaking in man. All right? And so when he talked to parables, he was trying to communicate this message to his people, to his disciples. And then you find, after a while, he went and told them the meaning of the parables. So that's why I picked this one, because he... Told them the meaning. <laughs> Let's start here. So um, if we look at Matthew chapter 13, verses 10, 
Uh, we start then, then we go to the parables of the wheat and the tears. It says, and the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. As a Christian, if you're really born again, born again Christian, communicating with God, living with God, you have been given the knowledge of knowing the mysteries of God. There are people in universities in Dar es Salaam, where in Tanzania we come from, they used to come and ask me these questions. What is the meaning of life? <laughs> I used to say to them, <laughs> Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. They're like, what does that mean? Right. He said, he is the way, the truth, and the life. You want life, you have to get him first. Very simple. To them, not simple. Very hard. <laughs> it has been given to you the mysteries, to know the mysteries of heaven, but to them it has not been given. And then he says, for whoever has to him more will be given and he will have abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. When you come to God, he looks at your motive. Can I tell you a bit of a secret? Why do I want these young people to clap up here? One of them got up. The other one was looking at me, what's wrong with you, chicken? But one was like, go on. I want them to get something. When they go out there, they could say, there was one black, crazy black African guy who just stood up. Then just, they will get it later. I have a motive, whatever I do. So, this is the key here. You have been given that secret. If you dig deeper through the scriptures by the power of the Holy Spirit to know what the kingdom of God looks like. All right? Jesus said, if you're not born again, you cannot even see the kingdom. You know, how comes Muslims in Somalia uh, can see Jesus and the Christian cannot? Do you want persecution to come upon you to see Jesus or do you want to see Jesus? Because you are his son. If you can't see him, ask him. <laughs> oh boy, I've left them. Sorry, Lord. If you can't see, you ask. Can I see? Don't be so proud. I can't see. I want to see something. When I became a Christian, very quick story, when I became a Christian, I was going to this small church like this, glasses like that. But I reached a place I got tired of church. I told God, I am tired of people coming and speaking about you and saying things about you, and they've seen you, but I have not seen you. You know what God told me? Have you asked? 
He took me to Exodus 33. I never forget it. And I read, and then Moses saw God face to face. I asked myself, am I human? Yes. Was Moses human? Yes. Was he perfect? No. He had an anger problem. He had a problem. But did he see God? Was he used by God? I think you're watching The Chosen. Are you watching The Chosen? Helping a lot. Okay. Let me go quickly because people are now... Um, um. All I was saying, you have to dig deeper. Let's look at the parable, please. Matthew chapter 13, verses 24. Jesus, another parable he put forth to them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in the field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tears among the wheat and went away. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tears also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in the field? How then does it have tears? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? He said, No. No. Boy, I wish. If you were there and Jesus said to you, No. Lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Lest both let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares, bind them in bundles to burn them, but to gather the wheat into my barn. That's the parable. Amen? Then let's look at verses 36. Um, then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came to him. And his disciples came to him. Amen? Question number one, are you God's disciple? Really? So important to be a disciple. When Jesus left this earth, what did he tell the disciples? Go and make? He didn't say go and make church members. Okay. You stone me later. <laughs> Lyndon will protect me anyway. The disciples came to him. It's so important to understand a disciple is a disciplined student of Jesus Christ through highs and lows, through high and low. Through high and low. You are a listening student, no matter your title. You are a student of Jesus until you end your life. You could become an apostle and a prophet and a teacher and evangelist and all those titles, but at the end, all of them were disciples. 
they learn from someone. The problem is we don't have models. That's another subject, okay? I won't go there right now. His disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. This is what he said. He answered and said to them, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. The reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels. They will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who is, who, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He explained the parable to them. Amen? Okay? Now, <laughs> I will go quickly to this point. Um, I will do this. It makes life easier. There is no clock there. So usually every church has a clock there that we follow. But you give a preacher no clock, you will regret it for the rest of your life. <laughs> we have fire in us that if you release it, now, Jesus said, the sower, he who sows good seed, is the son of man. The sower and his field. The earth belongs to God. How many agree? Could you walk with me in this one? Could you look at me a bit? Yeah? I, I'm really afraid of your faces. but The earth belongs to God. Amen? Everything in it belongs to God. Tell you a bit of a joke. Scientists came to God and told God, we have reached an extent we can heal all kinds of diseases. We can make everything. We can do everything. We don't need you, God. Please go away. God told them, okay, I will go away if you create something from scratch. The scientists said, oh, really? Easy as. They went out, went to the soil, started digging. God said, uh-uh. That's mine. He said, oh, well, well. He said, no, it's all mine. Even the soil belongs to me. So if you want to create something, start from nothing. Scientists failed and God went over and reigned again. It's a kid's joke, if you get it. But it's a very good one to explain this one. The earth belongs to God. So the sower and his field. So he says, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. You have to understand this. We are not trying to take things from the devil. Devil, I take this back. Devil, I take this back. Like Africans, we pray that kind of prayer, you know. We take this back. We take this back. We bring the... You know? We bring this back. This belongs to God. This, the, no. 
it already belongs to God. Nothing belongs to the devil. Nothing. Nothing. He just fakes everything. Nothing. The breath that you have in your body right now, that breath of life, belongs to God. You are God's property since you were born. No matter how you try to run away from God. David tried. He said, even if you go to the depth of hell, he is still there. How can fish swim out of water? They live in the water. Look, as a Christian, you're a fish in the sea. This is God's world. You breathe His air. You breathe His presence every day. All I have to do is to activate that switch in you, to switch on to activate that switch of the Spirit so you understand He's actually here. He's in me. I'm in His image. I'm His child. I'm born by Him. I belong to Him. Everything belongs to Him. That's why we worship Him. Because everything belongs to Him. Jesus says this. He says, The field is the word, the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. Jesus, if you see the beginning of the parables, Jesus did the parable of the sowers on the field. Amen? Yes? The sower, the sower went to the field and sowed seed. He explained to them what that means. All right? He moves from sowing a seed. So if you have heard God's word and you have responded to God's word and you've become born again and you start producing fruit in your life, then God takes you and sows you somewhere. Now, everyone in this church is sown in here. Okay, how can I do this? This worship team is too small. How many agree? Oh, man, they're not going to invite me back. This worship team, we have... This worship team is one of the best I've ever heard. Not exaggerating. But if you get this guy, that lady, everyone singing up here and get mics everywhere, guess what's going to happen? Then you feel them. You feel them. You need to disciple them. So they will sing, the young kids will see them singing, they'll plant seeds, then the kids will sing, and then the kids will go out there and bring other worshippers. Boom! Yes? So we need more mics, and we need more room. Because the church is about to grow. I'll go one amen. Jesus moves from sowing the word to sowing seed. Amen? He says, those that receive the seeds of his word. So God changes the world by sowing people. So wherever you are, please do not struggle wherever you are. As a Christian, just 
be sown in there. Be the salt, be the light. How comes your life is different? How come you don't get stressed? How come you are so happy all the time? What's wrong with you? What drug are you taking? Jesus Christ. The saddest people, not the fake one. The joy of the Lord should be the reality of a Christian. Okay, I'm moving quickly. <laughs> God asked me a question here. Do you know you have been sold wherever you are? You are sown in a place. You are sown in here to bring change. They are gifting in here. Let me tell you something. What the Lord has shown me in this church, they are giftings in this church that have, have never been opened yet. They are just... <laughs> like me. I used to come every day. Nobody knew I could do that. <laughs> Nobody knew that. I, mean, I became like you and I went back there. Became so sophisticated. Yes. Then the first time I came and did that, and my God, inside me, I was like, Lyndon is going to kill me. So I went to Lyndon and I said, Lyndon, I'm sorry for, I think, I'm sorry for, I went to, Lyndon was like, oh, it's all right. I went home like that, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. But you have things in you that need to be released for the church. Amen. Could you clap Jesus, uh, for Jesus for that one? Yeah? You haven't seen nothing yet. This, this is just the beginning. When your full potential is expanded, Snell's Beach is too small. It's okay, it's my son. Whom I truly love. Now, he's going to hold this for me. God's purpose, so he says, um, God's purpose is to bring influence, to bring change through his sons and daughters into the world. The will of the king should be your first priority. Wherever you are, endeavor to bring good news to those that are lost. Do not be afraid to tell people, I am a Christian. I love Jesus. Would you like to come to Jesus? Lead them into a prayer, a real prayer of repentance. If you can, baptize them with the leadership knowing. Then plant them. Then let them do the same. Disciples, disciples, don't sit on the good news. Preach it wherever you are. I preach everywhere. In the warehouse, in places like that. You go, you preach the good news. Do you want to say something? Okay, just hold on. Then God goes to say this. The field is the world, the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. If you look, the real meaning of tares, 
<laughs> the wheat and the tares, if you are a farmer, the wheat and tares grow together. Except the tear, I did not know this, they call it false wheat. The tear has seeds inside that cause dizziness. Little black seeds in tears. If you eat them, you... Okay. They both share... This is the problem. They both share the same root. If you pull the wheat, you pull the tears. Now, let me come to the point. In the church, he's not speaking about... He's speaking about his kingdom. It's in his kingdom. So it means Jesus is talking about his kingdom. You are the children of God. Amen? You are in his kingdom. Amen? If you are not, you come today. Amen? There is the reality of, I come to church and I am a real born-again Christian. Salvation is a miracle. There was a pastor I was listening to yesterday. He went to a church. For one week, he preached like he was preaching to a wall. To a wall. Then the last day, there was, he gave an invitation and no one came. The pastor came. And the music was going on. The pastor said, he says, what are you doing here? He says, I have come. He says, come to do what? He says, I've come to give my life to Jesus. He said, but you're the pastor. He says, I know. But God has been calling me. I've preached the message. People have come to Jesus, but I'm not born again. I want to become born again. He says, when should I do it? He says, do it now. <gasps> 300 people in his congregation. He came forward, gave his life to Jesus. My goodness, revival broke out. People got baptized left, right, and center. <laughs> the reality plus the fakeness that we do in the church has to be real. Because time is too short. Jesus said this. The enemy, the, so he says, should we pull them out? Jesus said, the enemy has done this. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The devil also sows people. When God wants to bless you, he sends a person. When the devil wants to hinder you, he sends a person or a demon. Jesus said this, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life, that they may have it more abundantly. John 8, 44, Jesus told these people who were going for him, he says, you are of your father the devil, the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. You're a child of God. You are wheat. Amen? So, some bad things, though, happen to good people. Why has that happened to that person? Why has that happened to that person? Some people even blame God. Things he has never done, he would not want to do. It's a very tough question. 
especially if you're in a healing ministry like I am. Went to pray for this kid, had cancer, hadn't eaten for three weeks. Skinny as, prayed for him. He said, can I have some water? And his parents are looking at me like, what did the son say? He wants water. Took a jug of water. Ate a bit of food. And I went home. Yay! After three weeks, he's eaten. Went home. I got a phone call the next day. The boy passed. But I had led him to Jesus. One side of me was, <laughs> and one side of me was, take that devil. <laughs> he's going to be with Jesus. And then you move on. You keep on preaching. You keep on going. Amen? Because you are so dear for a purpose. So, let's go quickly. Good news is stronger than bad news. Life is stronger than death. We have the advantage, though, of being on the winning side. Don't blame God for everything. Always ask a question. Really, 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 really? Then he says this. Therefore the tares are gathered and burned into the fire. It will be at the end of age. The Son of Man will send out his angels. This is the problem we have here. Ah, I don't know how to explain this without offending anyone. <laughs> Jesus offended many people, right? But for the good. I will not do that because he told me not to. But this is what he said. The, the enemy has sown them. The harvest is the end of the age. The reapers are the angels. Therefore the tears are gathered and burned into the fire. The Son of Man will send out his angels. So if you look at this parable really well, it's going to play out until the end. We are all in the church though. So. Both wheat and tears. I could have been wheat many years ago. Some of us have been tears, and then by the grace of God, we've become wheat. And we know what a tear looks like, or what the tear does. Very poisonous. But wheat is not poisonous. But Jesus said, This is the heart, and this is the maturity of children of the kingdom. He says, do not take them out. Here's the point. When you're praying for your city, do not call fire down on the city like the disciples wanted to do. The two disciples, remember them? The sons of thunder, they said, Jesus, there's a guy preaching a message, <laughs> baptizing people. We don't like him. Should we call fire from heaven? Jesus was like, oh my goodness. What kind of spirit do you guys have? So if I send fire from heaven and your brothers are in the city, what's going to happen to them? So that's why he's not rooting out yet. Or else you're going to be in the root, the uprooting. So you grow. Amen? I'm about to finish. <laughs> Let's read 2 Peter 3.9. And then we finish with this. The last point is the end of age. There is a judgment between good and evil. And God will judge rightly. 
But this is what the word says. God is long-suffering, patiently waiting, not wanting anyone to perish, but to repent. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. The long-suffering of our God is salvation. There is an invitation that we want to do this morning. Maybe you have heard the good news. Maybe you wanted to come. But maybe you haven't. Maybe your life is so different from what you say it is. The reality of the gospel is not living in your life. You cannot see the fruit. This will be the chance for you to come this morning and we pray. Amen? It is not about the prayer of repentance. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save my soul. Yes, it is. But there is a reality of when God calls you and turns your life around. And then you start living that life. That's amazing. Amen? I did not say it's not challenging. It is very challenging to be a Christian. A real Christian. But God, at the end, wants, when the time has come, he wants his children to shine like the sun. Will you be one of them? That's the question. Are you sure? If you're not, this is the time. Amen? Jesus said this, the righteous will shine forth at the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let them hear. Amen. When God was talking to me, he told me to say that to you. That please, time is too short. It's time to live that life. That life that Jesus gave to us. That life that no matter what comes, you are still on the winning side. No matter what challenges come, you are his child. And you are in his kingdom forever and ever. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lyndon. May you clap for the Lord, please. So you wouldn't get that from a white Mennonite from Pennsylvania, would you? <laughs> well done. Thank you so much, Simon. Thank you. Um, why don't we stand? Because I know we're off over time. But, and if we put some music on. Um, but, and, and in a minute we'll have more.